Welcome to track number two of God's Banquet. And that is Psalm 105, verse 17. Psalm 105, verse number 17. Bible says, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. He sent a man before them. So, if we're a servant, you should be sendable. Anytime your pastor feels a little intimidated to ask you to do anything, you have become bigger than a servant. Did you hear what I said? Anytime you are, your pastor feels a little uneasy. Oh, I want somebody to uh, go and buy some water for me. I said, oh, who can go? And then he jumps you and goes to the person there. There's a reason why he jumped, because he feels that this place is too big. Do you understand? Bishop, I is not too big for Bishop to ask him, can you run and pick up a mobile phone for me? Anytime Bishop says, Bishop feels that it's not, it's not right, I cannot do that. Maybe he will not, but he, he may not do it himself. But not that he cannot do it. Do you realize that sometimes it's not so easy to send some people? It's not so easy to send some people. A servant may be sendable. Amen. It's very important. If your um, father, see, when I was a child, I come after, you know, I come after two twins, two boys. And my mother has a way of treating us, which I don't find very interesting. When he's calling us, or he wants to send somebody, you know, I have a name. My two brothers also have, have names. They gave us our names when we were children, isn't it? Now, when you want to send somebody, he will not, he will not call our, our name. He says, who is there? And I'm the youngest. So, my big brother, Jimmy, no. come on, say you are here. I said, I'm here. Meanwhile, we are playing football. We are excited. I said, I'm here. Then I will go. Then my mother had a very interesting way of saying, I don't know, maybe your parents were different. My mother wants to go and buy milk. She would say, go and find out whether the woman has milk in the shop. And come for the money and go and buy it. I don't understand this technology. <laughs> I mean, give me the money. If there's no milk, I come back. Or oh, I don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> go and find out the price and come for or go and find whether she has milk. Come for money and go. And she does it she, all the time. As one of us came, I saw milk. I said, You go and see whether there's milk. And come for the money and go and, and go and buy it. All the time. You know, we are playing football. So you, you, and by the time I go, they, they scored as the goal. And I was a good goalkeeper. <laughs> Immediately we go and resume the match. After 10 minutes, who is there? And then the other brother will kick me. Come on, say you are here. I'm the youngest. I'm here. I'm here. Then I have to run. And then stop. And then when I go, and I'll squeeze my face. But I said, come on, straighten your face. Stop frowning. If you don't frown, you stand here forever. So I don't feel like laughing. I say, how to force and, and, and put up a, a, a smile. And then she will send me up and down like that, up and down, all the time. One time she said, who is there? And I was tired. So I said, who is there? I called my big brother. I said, Ebenezer is here. And he said, hey, she said, Ebenezer, come here. I won't tell you what happened when he went and came back. I had a few knocks. But I was tired of being sent all the time. Do you understand? But I can also, I can't forget this particular day. When he also shouted, who is there? And again they said, come on, say you're here. I said, I'm here. And when I went, I said, oh, have some chocolates. One day God will give you chocolates. As you respond to the call of God. As you become sendable. There's a blessing that God is preparing for you. Lift on and say, I receive it. Are you there? You may never know when that call will make the, all the difference in your life. Keep on running up and down for God. Keep on running up and down for the man of God. One day there will be one call. So here's a car key. I see you driving a car. Amen. You may be surprised and amazed what God will do for you. As you respond. As you become sendable. Amen. Bible says he sent Fourth a man, even Joseph was sold for a servant. In Psalm 105, verse 26, 
He said, and he sent Moses his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. So God sends people. A servant is sendable. Say amen again. Right. There are many more scriptures that we can look at. But another thing that a servant, another very important um, go, what, 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 did I say? What, what am I teaching you? Golden qualities. Number one, sendable. Are you sendable? Are you sendable? How do you know you are sendable? Is the sender who knows whether you are sendable or not. If I feel nervous about asking you to do something, you are not sendable. And you make me feel nervous. When I look at your posture, when I look at your face, you are too big to be sent. Number two, servants do what they are told to do. Servants do what they are told to do. Amen. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 9. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. Say amen. amen. And I say to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Did you see that? The servant will do what he is told. You know, I said to one, go and go. You know, if you go and stand in the street of Singapore, and you say, go. About two people will come to you, because many of them are called Mr. Go. <laughs> but I'm talking about go as in English, word, not a name. Instead of going, they will come. But <laughs> this Bible, the Bible is teaching us about this man. Who knew what authority is? He said, I'm a man and also when I sit one go, he goes. He goes. He goes. He goes. He doesn't give excuses. He goes. May you not be a man full of excuses. When I sit to one, when I sit to one of my servants, go. One of my servants, go. He goes. When Pastor B says that become a, I mean, be a shepherd, start an elf and start it. He goes. He goes. He goes. The church has grown because Bishop has been able to send people. Bishop the pastor will go to Kenya and he goes. Amen. He said, Henry, go to Tanzania and he came to Tanzania. When I said to him, go, he goes. And that's a man under authority. Amen. And I said to one, what I said to one, come and he cometh. And to my servant, do this. And he doeth it. When the pastor says do this, he doeth it. Don't do your own thing. Say amen. amen. I know a, a church. The pastor was traveling. And he told one of the assistant pastors, preach. Sunday morning, normal service, 30 minutes, 40 minutes preaching. The pastor, assistant pastor decided to make it a convention. It's like, what an opportunity for me to also manifest my grace and my anointing. He preached, anointed people, kicked them, slapped them. I mean, that is on Sunday morning convention. But you see, there's nothing wrong in laying hands on and anointing them. But the pastor said, preach 30 minute sermon and end it. Do, I said, do, and he do it. it. Do it. Do it. Do what you are told to do. Don't do it your own way. Do the way that the leader wants. That's a servant. Say amen. amen. May you be a servant. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Who does... When you, you see, when you cook for me, I don't eat pepper. Wow. Do you understand? My wife knows I don't like pepper. Surely, I mean, I, I don't like it. Do you understand? Now you can say, oh, pepper, you must, must eat. I don't like it. I don't like it. So do it my way. Oh, you don't understand. Do it the way I want it to be done. So all my family, everybody eats pepper, but I don't eat pepper. <laughs> he doeth it. He doeth it. Amen. 
I've seen pastors who have vehemently done terrible things. And okay, and one pastor was sent. You know, we all know the story. When the pastor was sent, the pastor said, "Call him to come." Say, "I will not come." But say, he said, "Come," and he came. Then say, "I will not come." When someone said, "I will not come," he said, "No wrong going in the making." Do you understand? Right. Let's go on. Are you being blessed this evening? Wonderful. Wonderful. Number three. Servants must be trustworthy and dependable. Servants must be trustworthy. This is seven golden rules. Seven quality. Servants must be trustworthy and dependable. Say amen, somebody. Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 to 46. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord had made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing. Amen. When the master comes, he will find him so doing. When the master comes, he will find him doing exactly what he is asked to do. Trustworthy and what? And dependable. Amen. So doing. Keep, let us, let, may God come and find out doing what he has asked us to do. Say amen. amen. Right. Number four. This is number four, number five. Servants do their master's bidding. Both in their presence and in their absence. Very important. Servants do their master's bidding or wishes. Both in their presence and in their absence. Do you know that people are very people are men pleasers? They like to do things when you are watching. When you turn away, then you see how they really, really will behave. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, of your heart, as unto Christ, not, as, not with eye service as men pleases, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Wycliffe, do you understand the message I'm preaching? Uh huh. God is saying that we should not be men pleasers. When people are watching, we know how to behave. Bishop often gives an example. If you come to the Accra golf course, there are two um, holes that are very green and well cared for. Because that, this, those two holes are very close to the clubhouse. Everybody sees the, the, those places. So they water the grass. They mow the grass. They work on it. But the further away you go from the eyes of people, the more desert the place becomes. Because nobody is seen. So I can do it my own way. A real honest servant, one who works better when the master is not there. Did you understand what I'm saying? You work better when the man is not there. Sometimes you see people, you know, um, after they leave a church and you hear, you hear the way they talk. What church is this? We're always writing exams. But when they were here, they were doing it. Do you understand? It shows that they were men pleases. They were not doing it from their hearts. May we say from our hearts. Somebody shout aloud, amen. amen. Number five. A servant must serve Cheerfully. Cheerfully. That is number five. What is number one? No, I didn't hear you. Louder. Might be sendable. Number two. Do what they are told to do. Number three. Must be trustworthy and dependable. Number four. Both in their presence and their absence. 
Amen. You see, one pastor was traveling, and he told another pastor to handle the church as a sister, one of us the church, and so on. When he had the guide made the church into a Bible study club, they will have they, he was doing things in his own way. But the pastor told him how to handle it. You must do your master's bidding. And do it well, both in place of absence. And don't do things only when men are seeing you. That is hypocrisy. Another name for hypocrisy is acting. Actors are hypocrites. That is why it's amazing that some of you, you be watching a movie and you are crying. Because the people, the people are acting. They have been paid money, you know. When you see them crying, they have acted that part seven times or twenty times. He didn't cry where well, cry. <laughs> so no no no. They, they will, okay. No, cry, not cry. Now I start to cry. <sighs> okay, start crying. <gasps> then they put rub pepper in their eyes so they can cry. <laughs> and then you see you are crying. Shame on you. They have collected their money. Hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Number five. What is number five? Must Colossians chapter 2, or chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Colossians chapter 3, 22 and 27. Obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men pleases, but in sickness of heart, fearing God. Verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, and not unto and not unto Amen. So he's saying that you must do it heartily or cheerfully. Amen. You must be somebody who smiles at work. I told you, I told you to do. If your wife and you are blessing your husband and serving him, do it with a smile. Oh, that one, she didn't say it. Eh? I tell you, I know a case of a, a, a brother who was ministering to his wife. Are you there? And the lady was reading the book. No. I'm not preaching. I'm speaking the truth. I mean, the lady was reading the book as the man was, was ministering. Moving up and down, she was reading. Page 35, and she's reading. Uh, Animal farm. You was just you, she, she was she was reading the book. Forgive. You must serve cheerfully. Push your friend and say, serve cheerfully. Oh, some of you wives, the negotiation is too much. I tell you, huh? <laughs> the whole house has come bribery and corruption. Oh, it's so easy. I tell you, and I, 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 know, I, I know a man, whether in the spirit of the flesh, you know, when he wants to, he wanted to lay his hands on his wife one day, and the anointing has come powerfully, that everything was ready for action. The wife was giving also excuses, and the wife said, okay, go and turn off the lights. And as the man was going, the wife said, if you don't hurry, I'll change my mind. So, the bishop began to run in the house. He was running to go because in case he delays, he, he delays the, 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 the woman will change her mind. Forgive. If you don't hurry, I will change my mind. May you serve cheerfully. I said cheerfully. I have seen some married women, they don't lift your hand and say me. I said serve cheerfully. If your sister don't lift your hand, I'll call you. I said, serve cheerfully. Yeah. Brothers, am I speaking for you? I'm helping you. I said, I'm helping you. Hallelujah. Cheerfully. Because I think we are not, we are not so young, isn't it? Can, can, I, say, can I say everything? Please, I was trained by Bishop Doug, so let, let me say what I have to say. Can I say it? You see, the, the ladies, excuse me, the vagina, alright, if you take seven vaginas, 
Shut up and sit down. Uh, am I saying something wrong? Sit down, sit down, sit down. If you take seven vaginas and they were golden qualities, not golden whatever, and put them up on the screen. You see, just that part. Do you know that you may not, you will not know whose is this? Oh, you know what I'm saying? You will know that this one belongs to this sister. This one, maybe you may know that it belongs to a fair sister or a dark sister. But you will not be correct if all, let's say all of them are dark. And all the sisters are dark and take it from them. You will not know whose is this. To whom to? So, what am I saying? Somebody said, Bishop, what are you saying? The point I'm making is that it is not this thing. It is not this thing that is attractive. But who is offering it? That makes it interesting and attractive. Have I made a point? Am I, have I come through? So, because the things are the same. But somebody will offer it with a, with a smile. With excitement. So it is not the thing. But the offerer. The giver. Has a way of giving it. That makes it exciting. Excuse me to say. That is why some men. Out of their whatever. Dissatisfaction or foolishness. Will go to a prostitute. It's not because what a prostitute has is different. Because if you take the prostitute's own. And take the wife's own. You don't know the difference. But somebody is offering one with styles. And with excitement. Oh, I'm preaching so well. (laughs) Are you still in the church? Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Hello? Hey, Gray. It's a total bombastic. No, no, I'm serious. So, I, I, I I, I wish that you can see this clearly. So, it is not necessarily... What is there? But the one who is offering it, make it interesting. And the same applies to everything else. What the sister is doing is good. But it's easy doing it with a front face. We we'll prefer for it to sit down. And somebody to come and do it. Because everybody can do it to a point. But somebody has a certain attitude. Doesn't, that, that doesn't make what she's, or he or she's offering interesting and exciting. Just like food. Somebody is bringing you food. The way she protects the food. And the food may be taste beautifully and nice, but who's offering the food doesn't make the food taste nice. You don't want it again. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? But somebody can say, oh, that's a sweetheart. Oh, fried yam, fried potatoes. Look at this nice food. I mean, the way she'll be offering the food, you're excited about it. So I'm talking about service with a smile. A servant must be cheerful. Amen. If God is going to use you, God wants to use cheerful servants. Amen. Bible says heartily. Somebody say heartily. That means with excitement. Let's have choirs who sing with excitement. Let's have ushers who usher with excitement. Let's have people who do the work with excitement. What they are doing, you can see them singing. As they are sweeping the church. As they are arranging. They are not saying that, look at them, foolish men. They go home. Uh, they've left me alone too. Okay, it doesn't matter. God will punish them one by one. I mean, you are saying it in your head. And you are working, but there's no blessing in your work because there's no cheerfulness. Tell your neighbor, the man is talking to you right there. That is why some hard-working people don't get any results. That is why many people are not... That is why Jesus told Martha, you are cooking for me, fine. Martha is sitting down. If Martha was cooking happily and joyfully, Jesus would have been okay. But as she's cooking... And she can hear Mary say, Preach Jesus on the word. <laughs> because I said that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. As Mary, Martha stayed in the kitchen. It was not wrong that Martha was cooking. But it was wrong that she began to complain about her sister. So at the end, Jesus said, I don't want your food anymore. I want what Mary has chosen. I was waiting for the food. That is why the Bible didn't tell us how it ended. The Bible didn't tell us whether the food came on or not. When he complained, when she complained, Jesus lost appetite. 
I don't know. Men have chosen a better one because after all, the main food that they eat there is bread and soup, all these type of things. But men wanted to do things and so on. Much wanted to do all these type of things. And then she felt that somebody is doing this and I'm not being appreciated. And, and, and nobody see what I'm doing. So she's in the kitchen and she's angry and she's upset and she's crucifying the onions and she's insulting Mary. Lizzie girl. When she hears Mary say, oh, I'm so glad about that word. Useless girl. And she'll be slicing the onions. And Mary say, Jesus, what a revelation. Lazy, lazy, lazy twerp. And at a point, she realized that, and she'll hear giggling in the, in the city room. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I'm so blessed. Hey, Jesus. Hey, you got that word. And at a point, she couldn't stand anymore. She left and said, Jesus! I respect you. But you see, you've got to talk to this girl. She won't get any husband. She doesn't know how to cook. All she wants is to come and hear the word. He said, listen, she has chosen the right one. I didn't come because of food. I came to minister. And she has chosen the best. Some people are good at doing things, but we don't want them. Do you understand? You may sing very well, but your attitude makes us not want your singing. Do you understand? How many of you hear what I'm saying? For me, attitude is everything. If you have a good attitude, it's great. You may not be so skillful in playing drums. But you, are, you have a good attitude. And we like it. And we're happy with you. Not that because you play the bass there so well. When you come in, you, you are playing the bass there, you are bluffing everybody and you have a certain face. And when the pastor, when the pastor talks, hey, look, if they're talking, I'll just leave and go. You can leave and go. Others will come and play and play better than you're playing. Pray, Father, we thank you. Bless your name once again for this morning. Let your will be done amongst us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Put your hands together again and take your seats in his presence. Hallelujah. I believe you had a good rest. Did you have a good rest? Did. A short break. Did you have a good break? Did any elephant visit you? Leopard, buffalo. Buffalo visitation. Hallelujah. Only a bat. Oh, that's a nice visit. Great. Turn your Bibles somewhere. Um, Hebrews chapter 5. Are you blessed in this wonderful camp environment? Mercy. Have you found Hebrews chapter 5? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Verse 11 says that concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Tell your neighbor, I'm not dull of hearing. No, not to me, to your neighbor. So tell your neighbor, I am not dull of hearing. Then, for though, verse 12 says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again that someone you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food i believe that um, in our normal life um, if you ever see a grown up adult who has to live on fluids it means that he's not well isn't it he says, I mean, it means that, you are, I mean, that person is not well. Have to, you can't, it's like we can't even give him um, solid food. We have to feed him on fluids to recover before you start taking in solids. So it's not, it's not even a good sign 
Uh, so spiritually, as the scripture is saying, that you, when, when you're expected to be a teacher and you still have need of someone teach you, it's a sign that as we are, you know, been going to church every Sunday, there's an expectation that we grow up and that we develop and become, the scripture calls his teacher, that you become a teacher, that you also teach somebody else. That means that someone else will sit down and then you will explain the scriptures to that person. You read a verse and then you explain it to the person. It's, it's, it shows that you are growing up and you are developing. Hallelujah. And I believe that by the end of this camp, you will develop and you will grow up. Hallelujah. So it is an expectation. And if it doesn't happen to you, it's a form of spiritual deformity that you are, you are suffering from. You are suffering from started growth. That you are not developing, you are not growing. Every Christian ought to grow. Every Christian ought to develop. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may become obese thereby. That, that you may look flowery thereby. But that you may grow thereby. Grow. When you are growing, you grow up into something. You grow up into something. The, the, um, the worm, the caterpillar grows up into a butterfly. It grows up into something more glorious and something better. So if the scripture says that, that you may grow, it means that you are growing, you are developing, you are increasing into something better than your current state. How many of you would like to be better than your current state? So you, you have to grow into something better than what you are now. I have to grow into something better than what I am now. You also have to grow into something better than what you are now. And this scripture is called, one of the names is given, it's a teacher. It's a teacher. Another name that can be given to a growing Christian is a shepherd. A shepherd. That is somebody, that's the same person who is feeding other people, looking after other people, training other people, bringing up other people. He has grown up into it. All our pastors that you see, once upon a time, were ordinary Christians. Ordinary people, probably even, even unbelievers, before we became newborn believers, before we, we have grown, that today we can, we can open a verse and explain it, explain it to you. So we, you also are expected to grow, and today it's an, it's, it's an expectation. If it doesn't happen, there is something the matter with you, with your understanding. That's the scripture that says, you are dull of hearing. Means that when you hear, you don't hear well. You don't hear properly. You don't respond. Your response is a little slow to what you are hearing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So I want to share with you 15 essential features of a developing Christian. Hallelujah. Fifteen, so that you know, I'll be able to say I'm out of time and not out of word. <laughs> are you there? So as as you are as you are growing up, these these are characteristic features that you must have, or these are things that you must focus on to develop yourself and to help yourself in becoming. What God wants you to become. Can I have an amen? amen? Okay. So, number one, this is an essential feature. That means that it is important. It is necessary to have these features. Hallelujah. So, number one is to develop your personal relationship with God. Your personal relationship with God. That is, you must know God. For yourself, not through your pastor, not through a prophet somewhere, not through your, your knowledge of God and your understanding of God has to be personal. Sometimes we know people through others. We know what they know and what they have told us they know or what they have understood of him. But you, as an individual, you don't have a personal relationship with that person. So you, you can't you can't say much. You can your knowledge your knowledge of that subject or that person is limited. 
Because it's only related to what somebody knows and what someone can tell. And a Christian who wants to really develop into a teacher, into a shepherd, into a pastor. How many of you would like to be pastors? Oh, just a small percentage. How many of you like to be pastors? That should change the talk to how many of you like to be rich? Fifteen essential features to people who like to be rich. Number one, have proverbs that even the sea, the rain falls into the sea. <laughs> How many of you would like to be ministers of the gospel to grow and to develop? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting more converts. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you have to, you see, you have to grow up. And you have, to, you have to tell yourself, when you, if you are not growing, you should know that there is something the matter. There is something. It's not that you are not interested or you don't like it. Can you imagine, can you imagine your child that you gave birth to? And after 15 years, your child is still a baby. And the child is telling you that, I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow. It's not that, it's not that there's a problem with it, but I just don't want to. I don't want to become a man. I don't want to become a woman. I want to remain a baby. I want to remain a tiny baby. Weighing 3.5 kilograms. I want to stay that way. You see, if you are here and that's what you are saying, that's, that's, that's exactly what I said. I want to remain a tiny baby after 15 years, after 6 years, after 5 years of being in the faith. I want to remain a little baby who is 3.5 kilograms. Because I just don't want to grow. I want to stay on my mommy's lap and I want to suck my mommy's breast. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to stay in that state. So you must have a strong desire, a strong desire, a strong desire to grow, to develop, to increase your understanding of God, to know God for yourself, to develop a personal relationship with God. You must have that strong desire, strong desire that I want to know God. That when we, if we should ask, if I should take, if I should pause and ask you, what is the Lord saying to you? What is the Lord saying? You must have something that the Lord is saying to you, that you have heard from the Lord. The Lord has spoken to you through your quiet time. That you've had your quiet time and you know that as you've read your quiet time, not what somebody said, not what pastor preached last Sunday. Not a message that you listen to, but what God, if it's a message that you listen to, what God has said to you through that message, what is God saying to you? What is God saying? Is God saying anything to you? Have you heard anything from God? Can you hear from God? Do you, do you, I do have that closeness and that personal relationship that when you wake up in the morning and you flick through the pages of the Bible to have your quiet time, God speaks to you. It's a very, 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 very essential feature that every Christian must have. A personal relationship with God with God, that it is God who is speaking. It is God who has spoken. It is God who has said something to you. Even if your pastor is preaching, what is God saying to you as the pastor is preaching? What is God saying to you? Is God saying anything to you? Or it's just, it's just meaningless noise that you are just hearing. You just shout, Amen, preach it, I am blessed. I am this. I mean, if you have a personal relationship with God, in every sermon you hear, in every message that is preached, there shall be a conviction. There will be a conviction. Because, because the Holy Spirit will teach you, will reveal something to you about yourself. But if you can't see anything about yourself, you are as, I mean, you are, you are as good as... As mercy. <laughs> So you need to be a disciplined person who is developing a personal relationship with God. We have too many people whose relationship with God is channeled through somebody. It's channeled through somebody. It's like, I know somebody who knows somebody. And we pride it. I know somebody who knows this big person. So we, we have the same attitude towards God. I know the pastor who knows God. I know the pastor who knows God. I know the pastor who knows God. If I can meet the pastor, the pastor can solve all my problems. Through the pastor, the pastor who knows God, I don't know God, but the pastor who knows God can solve my problems. So with that, we never become, we are always receiving teaching. We are always receiving teaching. Even the counsel, you see yourself, the counsel you are receiving today is the same counsel you received seven years ago. 
Meaning that you have never, you have never renewed your mind on a matter that God has been speaking to you about for many years. You've got, your mind hasn't changed. So you still have a, you have a recurring problem. A recurring attitude. You've not, you've not graduated. You've not moved out of, out of that level. Where this, this issue is a problem for me. This issue is a problem. Because you don't have a personal relationship with God. You see, if God personally convicts you over an issue, you don't need much talking. You don't need much explanation. You don't need much of it. Because you have a personal conviction that this is it. This is what God is saying. This is what God has said. This is, how, this is what God has instructed me. And that is how God can use you. And that is how you can grow up in the things of God. Hallelujah. Can I have a nice amen? amen. A nicer one. Amen. Not a loud one, a nice one. Amen. Okay. Depends on what you call nice, isn't it? Number two, the second essential feature. Wow. Is develop an interest in listening to preaching tapes. And watching the Word of God or watching videos or DVDs. You have to develop an interest. It's when you don't have an interest in something, you are aloof towards that thing. You are indifferent. Sometimes it can even, it can even put you to sleep. The subject can put you to sleep. So when you don't have an interest in listening to preaching, preaching messages... That as the camp is, is, is going on, messages will be available. If you don't have an interest that before I leave this place, before I leave this place, I will by all means leave this place with an MP3 of the camp. You see that there are many people who go for such meetings. They don't have that interest. The interest and the edge, the edge and the desire that, look, at the end, I cannot leave this camp without the message. They are, you, are, you are a type of person. But there's also somebody who wouldn't leave till I have it. Others will just walk away. It's like, it's okay. It will be sold in church. One day I'll get it. I'll get it through a friend. I'll, or after all, I was there. I have the notes. I, ha- I have the notes. But I see, you see, you are different. It, it's, it's a different experience from someone who takes, who takes the message and says that I'm going with the message. I am going to listen to it. Over and over and over and over and over again. Yesterday, as we were driving here, we were listening to a message, a message that I was there when it was preached. But I heard so many things in that message, so many things in that message that as I was sitting there, I didn't hear it. I was surprised that I was there when it was preached. I was, I was so surprised. I was so surprised. And I, I was asking myself, did I fall asleep? Did I faint? Uh, by the grace of God, I'm not that type. <laughs> Asleep. I mean, so, so I was asking myself, what therefore happened? What therefore? Something, something naturally therefore takes place that even them, even an, a very attentive person will miss out on on significant portions of the message. I'm talking about significant portions, significant revelations. I mean, things that were said in the service. That I, in fact, I said to myself, I did not understand this message. I didn't understand as so I was sitting there. I didn't understand it. Even though I, I was there, I was sitting on the front row. But I didn't get it. So, you see, when you leave this place without this message, you've done yourself a great deal of harm. I have the habit, I have the habit, that no matter what is preached, I leave with a message. I don't leave meetings conferences, camp meetings, without the message. I must have it before I go. I must have it. I'll wait for it. I can wait for it. I can wait for messages. I can wait for it to be produced, reproduced, and re- I must have my copy. Because I know the difference it would make for me. I will know, I know what it does to me. That I need to listen to this thing. Listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. And I need to see it, to watch it as well. Hallelujah. So if you are a Christian without an interest, you don't have that interest. Today God is giving you the spirit to be interested in listening to preaching messages, listening to preaching messages, to listen to preaching, to listen, not listen to music. It's good to listen to music, but I'm talking to you about listening to preaching, and especially the preaching that you were present when it was being preached. 
you, 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 you particularly need that one. The one that you were present. You need it. You need it. Sometimes I'm even, I'm even happy when I'm not in a meeting because it gives me a stronger desire to pursue the message. A stronger desire. And I say, I say to myself, I say to myself that I will understand this message better than people who were present. Because it gives me a stronger desire to go through the message systematically. That what was said, this part, I can rewind that. You see, when you listen to a message, you can rewind it. As I'm preaching now, you can't tell me that. Say the first point again. What was it? Please, please, teacher, what was the first point? I, I would think there's something wrong with you. But when you are listening to the message, you can, just one bit, you can listen to it a hundred times. A hundred times over. You can just listen to that. Till that statement enters your heart and enters your spirit. And you get the revelation in that. You guys, a hundred times over. So when you, you are not interested in listening again. I'm talking about listening to messages. When you don't have an interest in listening to messages, you are doing yourself spiritual harm. It is, it is, it is fatal to, to your spiritual development. You, you can't develop, you don't develop, you don't become what God really wants you to become. Hallelujah. Are you with me or against me? With me. Yeah. So we have to listen to preaching messages. You have to listen to preaching messages all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. All the time what must be playing into your ears is preaching. It's preaching. It's preaching. It's preaching. It's preaching. One hour without listening to preaching, when you can listen to preaching, it's not healthy. Five minutes of listening, of not listening to preaching, when you can listen to preaching, it is not healthy for you. Just five minutes, just lazing around, and just, it's like you've just left yourself to any sound that can come into the air. Anything that I can hear, I can hear. Just five minutes of not listening when you can listen. Because five minutes of a message, five minutes of a message can bring about a change in your life. Just five minutes, five minutes in your, in your, in your rush out of your house, in your rush out of wherever you are, just to hear something for five minutes can make a difference. It can make a difference and it makes a difference. Just to hear what, what is to be said. Probably an introduction or probably a middle of a sermon. The, the man of God can say something. The spirit of God can minister something to you in five minutes. That will, change, that will bring about a significant change in your walk with God. And in your move with God. So in that five minutes, instead of listening to it, you choose to listen to something else. It's not a healthy decision. It's not a good decision. It's not a right decision. Hallelujah. So may we have an interest in listening to tapes and watching of preaching videos. We have to watch it. Listen and watch. Listen and watch. Watch and listen. Watch and listen. Watch and listen. Listen and watch. Watch and listen. Preaching tapes. Preaching. Preaching messages. Listen to preaching. Listen to preaching. Become lovers of preaching. Lovers of the word that is being taught. Lovers of the word. The word that is being taught. Become lovers of it. Love the word more than you love your necessary food. Love the word. Have a stronger, a strong passion and desire that I need the word. I want the word in me more than food. More than food. So that even... 30 minutes of eating, whilst you are eating and you are listening to preaching, what a difference it would make. What a difference it would make. What a difference it would make. I'm trying to say to you that it is, it is scary not to listen to preaching when you can, when you can afford to listen to preaching and you don't listen to it. It is not a right decision and a right move. Listen to preaching all the time. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Number three, the third essential feature. Are you being blessed? The third essential feature is availability for the work. Availability. Mm-hmm. It's to be avail- available. Available is to be is to be present and to be around. To be around. I am around. I am around. Availability has a three-prone effect on you. It has 
the effect of seeing what you otherwise wouldn't see. And hearing what you otherwise wouldn't hear. And feeling what you otherwise wouldn't feel. It has the SHF effect. Seeing, hearing, and feeling. If you're not in this camp, you're not available for this camp. You wouldn't feel what you are feeling. You wouldn't hear what you hear. And you wouldn't see. You wouldn't see some things. You wouldn't see it. So you're available. You wouldn't see. So you need to be available to see, to hear, and to feel. Many have not felt. They felt people say, we felt something. We felt, but they haven't felt because they've not been available. They've been available in places that you don't feel things. Or that what you are feeling in those places does not help you to develop as a Christian. You are feeling something else. And you hear things that don't make a, a difference in your life. And you see, you see things that are not healthy. But when you are available in the house of God and in the church of God, you see. You see. You see that availability. You see. You see. You see what you have to see that will make you a better person. When you see, you, see, you say to yourself, I've seen this one before. I've seen this thing before. I've seen how to handle such cases before. I remember many years ago, uh, the church office was somewhere, and we used to have church meetings somewhere else. So I remember one particular Tuesday night, as we all, you know, leaving to rush to the church hall, for some reason, I was one of the, I was actually the last person around, and Bishop was also there. Then suddenly this lady appears, said, Pastor, I want to see you. So I just happened to be available. So he said to me that, sit down, let's talk to this lady. Sit down and let's talk to this lady. When everybody was gone, it was just me and him. Sit down and let's talk to this lady. What was this lady's story? She said she has a pastor who is always sleeping with her. So, you see, if I had not seen it, but I've not read, I've not read it in a book before. I've not read it in a book, but that's my first time of, of catching a glimpse of a strange woman. Because as she was saying her story, I was, I was about to feel sorry for her. But I realized, you see, I learned that day how to handle such cases. Because some, she was, some questions were put to her that she couldn't answer. Some questions were said, that was the day I heard someone being told that, look, you are a strange woman, you are the problem. Since that day, that experience, because of availability and what I saw, when I hear some so I say, you, 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 I've seen this case before. I've seen your type before. And the cases are, they're always the same. It's the same type of person. I say, I've seen your type before. She said, she said look, when, when she is going to bed, she has to wear jeans because her pastor will be coming. What type of person is this? Does your pastor live in your house? Who opens the door for him? Of person who opens the door, and you don't agree, speak loud so I can hear, I can answer. <laughs> As I'm speaking through the microphone, lift your hand, I'll give it to you. No, but you see, what I'm saying is that it's, it's through availability that I saw such a case. I've not seen such a case again, but I saw one. I saw one and I saw how it was handled and how it was dealt with. But it's by your unavailability, even when you become a shepherd and you have a problem, you don't know what to do because you've not seen, you've not heard, and you've not felt what happened. You don't, you don't know what to do. You wouldn't know what to do because you are, not, you are not around. You have to be around. You have to be around to see. You have to be around to see. You have to be around to hear. You have to see how it was handled. You have to hear the counsel that was given. The counsel that was given. You have to hear what counsel is given in such situations. What do you do in such situations? But it's, it's through availability that we are rushing to church. And for some reason, I'm not rushing. I'm just hanging around. Just lingering around. Just being, just being around. Just being around. And then suddenly, somebody appears at the, la at the last moment. At the last moment. I have a problem. Pastor, I have a problem. 
the who is around, the available brother. So sit down and let's talk. So I sat. I sat and I saw and I heard. I saw and I heard. And I felt it. And I felt, I felt the impartation. I felt the impartation. Many years now I still remember it. It had, it had such an effect on me because I was there. Just, just because I was there. Not because I was called or not because I was anything but just through the principle and the key of availability. 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 That I am there. I am there. I can do it. I would like to try it. Give me the opportunity to try. Give me the chance to try. Just through that, you learn things. You learn things that probably a thousand books will not teach you. A thousand messages may not teach you. But just being around to see, to hear, and to feel, it makes a difference to you. Hallelujah. How many of you are going to be available? After today, you are going to be available. You have, to learn, you have to master the art of being around. But when the service has ended in your church, you are around. You are around. You say, what are you doing? I'm here. I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm lingering. I'm here. I don't have anywhere to go. I am here. What are you doing? I am here. I am around. What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm in church. I'm here. I'm here. Many people enter into shops. They don't do anything. They just go and walk through shops. So why are you coming to question me? That why am I sitting in church? You just walk through shops. You don't have money to buy anything. You can't afford. The things you like are the things you can't afford. How many of you have seen things you like? And those are the things you couldn't afford. You see it, you feel it, but you can't buy it. It's a bumbo. So if you can walk through shops, just wasting your time. So if you spend hours on the computer, hours just browsing through useless things, not doing anything, you, you just look at it, this thing is nice, this thing is nice, this also, you just, you just look at things, you don't do anything with it. Why, sh- why should I, I also browse through the church? I'll browse through the church. When I come in the morning, I'll just be browsing around from one corner of the church to the other corner of the church, through this part of the church, to the back of the church, to the front of the church. I'll just, I'll just be surfing. I'll surf through the church. And by all means, by all means, one day, one day, one day, like I'm saying to you today, one day when you also pick the microphone and you are teaching, you will say one day you were walking through the church when everybody was gone and you saw, you saw, you saw, and you heard, you saw, and you heard, and you felt, and something entered into you, something entered into your spirit through availability, just through be, being around and being available. God will bless you greatly. I said, God will bless you greatly. God will greatly bless you through your availability. Your, your, your state is because you are unavailable. You are unavailable. You are too busy. You, or you, have, you have created an impression that you are busy. You know some people can look busy when they are not busy? Yeah, they just create an impression. So you can't call them. You can't ask them. To, they, are, they are busy, but they are not busy. They are going home to drink soup. They're not going to do anything. <laughs> Merci. <laughs> oh, Merci. <laughs> Are you with me? The next essential feature as you must have as you are developing in the house of God is a determination to catch the spirit of the leader. You must have a determination to catch the spirit of the leader. To catch the spirit of the house. Which is very important. To be a good and effective team player of any house, of any church, of any ministry, you have to catch the spirit of the house. And therefore the spirit of the leader, you must have, you must, you must understand, you must understand the vision of the house. 
the vision of the house. What are we trying to do? If, if, if you are not determined to understand and to know what we are about and what we are up to, you become a misfit. You, 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 even though you are a Christian speaking in tongues, you have other ideas about everything and questions about everything and, and unnecessary comparisons. As though, one, as though one ministry is better than another ministry. But it is not better. It's just that what we do here, what we do here is what God has called us to do. So when you compare us to another ministry, you are rather becoming unwise. You are rather becoming unwise because you don't understand how God works and how God works with different people. He calls one person and gives him a vision. And a particular, a particular reason for that vision. So when you, you just take lighthouse and you're comparing lighthouse with traffic lights, there will be problems. When you, start, when you start asking us, when you start asking us basic questions, why don't we do it like this as it is done there? You see, if I meet the other pastor that you're referring, I also ask them that, why don't they also do what we do? Why don't they also do it there? And it's going to be an endless cycle of debate Questions without any progress. So you have to actually welcome Bishop. <laughs> wow, we are blessed. So we have to catch the spirit of the leader. You, there must be a determination, a determination that is a deliberate decision and intention. To catch the spirit of the leader. You just don't not be there and then casually or accidentally, per chance, it will happen to me that I will become a good shepherd. I will become an, a good pastor in the house. You have to, del- it's, a, it's a deliberate move and step and take the practical steps to catch the spirit of the leader. Which is understand what it means to catch the spirit of the leader and flow in it. Hallelujah. Shout praise the Lord to the Lord in heaven above. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe we want to welcome Reverend Obi to the microphone. Oh, give him a powerful, powerful, powerful welcome. <laughs> I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. Wow. 
awake out of bed For salvation is nearer Than when we first believed Cast off all works of darkness Awake, oh sleeper From your sleep And Christ shall give thee light So redeem the time, oh sleeper because the days, the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise. Understand the will of the Lord. Do not be drunk with wine. Awake, oh sleeper, from your sleep. Oh. 